This morning from the theme, keep your trust in the Lord. Keep your trust in the Lord. Our text is coming from the third chapter of the book of Proverbs. Verse four says, so shall you find favor and good understanding. Please put your phones on silence. It's the third time I've asked you. Standing in the sight of Elohim, the man. Trust in Yahuwah with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Let us pray. Father, we come this morning to bless you, to praise you, to worship you, to glorify it if I uplift and exalt you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in and sup with us and teach us now. Lead us and guide us by your presence and by your holy power. Minister to our hearts the word of life and help us to apply these principles to our lives that you would be glorified that we go out and share the good news of the gospel of our Savior. We bless you for these that are in worship this morning and we ask you to be with them, strengthen and guide their lives. Bless everyone under the sound of our voice and empower them with your wisdom, your knowledge and your word. Is thy servant's prayer we ask today in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Solomon writes this particular scripture and he reminds us in the Proverbs of the importance of allowing God to lead us and to guide us. He reminds us to allow God or put our faith and trust in God. What is trust and why is it important in our lives? The word decrees and declares to us that trust is having assurance. It is the ability to have belief in, uh, to have a certainty and a certitude. It is to be confident and it is to be convicted by the power of trust in God. It is to put all of our expectation in the God that we believe in and serve. Isaiah tells us is when the enemy comes in like a flood in Isaiah 59 and 11, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So even when the enemy comes to attack us and come to interfere with what God is doing in our lives, we must be solid in our understanding. We must be affirmed in the fact that our trust must be in God Yeshua, our Savior. We must trust and depend upon him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, but thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory through Christ our Lord. So no matter what we experience or what we go through in life, we must realize that with our trust and assurance in God, we have absolutely nothing to worry about. We think about the situation in New York where officers were killed on this week. Chicago lost officers this week. There have been death and murder throughout our region right here locally in the past week. Wickedness has taken over our nation, has taken over our cities, our communities, and our towns. But we must, as believers in God, keep our faith and trust in God. For David reminds us, that God will not let anything come near our dwelling place. He will not allow us to suffer any harm or danger when we keep our faith 
and trust in God. Solomon tells us in this third chapter of the book of Proverbs, verse number five, trust in El Yahuwah, God our Savior, with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Sometimes we feel like things ought to go the way that we desire them to go. But God says, don't lean to what you understand. Don't look at it from your perspective. What God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So I said, don't lean into your own understanding because it may not be right. It may be issues with what you perceive or what you comprehend. But trust me that I will work things out for you. Sometimes we wonder about things that's going on in our lives, things going on in our families, on our jobs, in our communities. But God said what? Trust me. Don't worry about what's going on around. Trust me. Keep your faith and trust in me, the Lord tells us. And shall us. Look at the rest of that verse. He said, so shall you find. Well, let, let me get to the rest of that verse. Trust in God with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. He says in all of your ways, acknowledge. Call out to, seek, pray to him, acknowledge him, and guess what? He will direct your path. Sometimes we have our own idea of the direction we want to go and how we plan to get there, but God may change that direction. He may change that course. Sometimes we may go to work a certain route every day, get in the car or whatever we drive and go the same direction. And one day we get in the car and God say, go this way instead. He's protecting us, watching over us, and guiding us. So it is with our mind. He may tell us to do something or tell us to get in the word and read certain scriptures. And he's revealing unto us the hidden treasure, the hidden revelation knowledge in his word that we may be better believers, that our faith may grow stronger. Our trust and assurance may continue to be in him no matter what we go through or what we experience. The word tells us. Keep your faith and trust in him. Acknowledge him and what he shall direct our path. What is he saying? Call to me first. I know you want to call your friend, call your relative, your family member, your mother, your father, whoever. God says what? Acknowledge me first. I must be first in all things in your life. When you're aching and in pain, acknowledge me for healing. When you're going through and trials and tribulations are rising on high, acknowledge me and I will what? Give you deliverance. I will bring you to the place of victory when you acknowledge and accept me. Paul said in Romans, the eighth chapter and the 15th verse, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out of Father. He says, what is going on in your life that's so miserable that you can't just say, Lord, I can't say anything, but I'm just going to lay here and cry. I'm just going to lay here and let the Holy Spirit minister to me. I'm just going to lay here and give it all to you and let you handle it, let you heal it, let you fix it. Because I know that when you fix it, it shall be done. And it will be done according to your will, your righteousness, your purpose for my life. Bible tells about us a story in the book of Habakkuk. We find these words in that particular book. The word of God shares with us, this minor prophet has 
a communication with God. Okay. Normally we find that prophets, God always speak to them, give them the message, and they take the message to the people that God instructs them to take it to. But Habakkuk, on this occasion, goes and talks to God. Instead of God talking to the prophet, the prophet talks to God. Listen to what he says. He says, the burdens which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see, Yahuwah, or God, how long shall I cry and you not hear? How long am I going to be talking to you about this matter of my heart and you don't even respond or acknowledge it? Look at what he says. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are about me? And there are that rise up strife and contention. Therefore, the Torah is slacked and the judgment never goes forth. For the wicked compassed about the righteous, therefore, wrong judgment proceeds. Behold, ye among the heathens, and regard, and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. Now he is talking to God. Then God responds. Listen to, listen to the response in verse 6. For lo, I raise up Kishtim, or you can call it the other word there, the Chaldees, the Babylonians. He says, I raise them up, that bitter and hasty nation. They went about from nation to nation, killing and destroying anybody that God gave them the authority or gave them permission to go after. Israel was no different. God gave them, gave the, the Chaldeans permission. He gave the Babylonians permission to go after Israel. Look at what he tells them there. He said, I gave them permission to go after them. He says, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their uh, dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. Now you know when a wolf go all day long, hadn't had anything to eat, and night comes, he's on the prowl seeking for food. And he can be very vicious in the destruction of that carcass or whatever it is he found if it's alive. He will totally destroy it. So he says, God says, that the Chaldeans of these Babylonian soldiers are going to be worse than they are. Now this prophet is talking to God. God is responding to the prophet and letting him know that I have allowed this to manifest. What's going on in your life that you're asking God about this morning? And why are you troubled in heart and in spirit? See, Habakkuk was troubled because of what the poor and the righteous was experiencing by the Chaldees and the Babylonians. And God said, suffer it to be so for now. He said, 
I have permitted them to do it. I sent them in to do what they are doing. He says, and the horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from afar. They shall fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. When an eagle is hungry, he can be as much as 10 miles in the sky flying over the ocean. Look down with with his keen eyesight and see a fish on the water and soar down and scoop it up with his claws and go eat. He said it would be just like an eagle. When he swoops down, gets his prey, gets his food, and takes off. God says, I sent the Babylonians or these Chaldean soldiers into this nation. This took place about uh, 686, between 686 and 601 B.C. But, but the nation had to realize that God was still in control. See, see Israel got themselves in trouble with God mm-hmm. due to this. And because they were in trouble with God, God allowed the Babylonians to come in and attack and clean out the nation. Look at verse number nine. He says, they shall come all for violence. He says, I'm going to send the Chaldees in for violence. They're going in for this purpose. They're going in to destroy. They're going in to defeat. They're going in to take out. Their faces shall surf up to the east wind and they shall gather captivity as the sand. He says, I'm going to have so many of them in captivity that you won't even be able to count them. See, when God allows his wrath to fall, when he allows his power to fall, he's going to what? Clean house. He's going to bring retribution upon those that refuse him as Lord and Savior. See, I was talking to someone the other day and we had a conversation about their relationship with Christ. Why haven't they received him? I stopped by to pick up Jeff this morning and there were several young men standing out there giving allegiance to their gang in the middle of the street. Jeff got in the car and said, I didn't know y'all had gangs in the neighborhood. And they were giving their allegiance to gangs instead of bowing before God, giving him glory and praise for waking them up this morning. They were giving allegiance to who knows who in the gang that they were in, and they had on their gang clothing. And I was just sitting there waiting on Jeff to come out of the house, and as I sat there, they came out in the middle of the street, and I said, oh, Lord, Jeff, come on out of the house. I got to go. (laughs) And he got in the car, and I said, I didn't know y'all had gangs in this neighborhood. (laughs) So every time I go over there, I experience something different. But God still covers, watches over, and protects us as his children as we travel from place to place. We don't know what type of danger we may have to go into. We don't know what type of environment God may send us into, but we have to trust and realize and know without question in our heart that God is with me no matter where I go. He's with me. He's watching over me. He's protecting me even though I might become fearful. God said, I'm with you. Don't worry about nothing. I got your back. See, it's a good thing to know that you're in the hands of a God that's working on your behalf and not in the hands of an angry God that's out to pour his wrath upon you as these individuals did. It don't give a a location. It just simply says that God talks to this prophet and tells this prophet, I orchestrated these events. I said, let these things happen. 
We look around the world and see all of the things that's happened. Earthquakes and fires burning up the nation. Tornadoes and storms coming through, ravaging and destroying the United States of America. God has permitted the hand of Satan to be moved in this nation because people refuse to receive him as God and Savior. We have left our first love, and because we have left our first love, the vengeance is falling upon these United States. Look at verse number 10 in Habakkuk chapter 1. And they shall scoff at kings, and the princes shall be scorned unto them. So they won't even acknowledge these leaders in authority. He says, when I send the Chaldeans and the Babylonians in, they ain't going to have no regard for nobody. They're going to come in and just take out people and steal their possessions, steal their wealth for themselves. And that's what they did for nation, the nation, the nation, the nation. When they came in, everybody feared and tried to get out of the way because they knew that their lives would may not be spared. They shall derive, criticize ostracized every stronghold for they shall heap dust and take it then shall his mind change and he shall pass over and offend in putting this his power into his God their faith is in the person that they serve their faith is in the person that they chose but eventually the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of Hebrews will vindicate his people. And that's what we have to look forward to. Even though they're suffering, even though they're going through, God said that they will come and I will awaken them from their sleep. I will let them see who they really are and let them know who they are, that they may return and worship and praise and serve me. Habakkuk tells us in the second chapter these words, the third verse. For the revelation awaits the appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it tarries, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not tarry or be delayed. That's what the writer tells us. The psalmist tells us, my soul is also vexed, but you, O Lord, how long? See, no matter what you're experiencing or what you're going through, how long before God responds? God tells Habakkuk, this is my will. This is what I orchestrated. This is what I planned. David said in the Psalms, or the psalmist said in 74:12, for Elohim is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. So no matter what's going on, God is still moving through the earth with the power of salvation through the hearts and the minds of you and I, the witnesses of Christ, our Lord and Savior. He says, I'm using you to move forward in the things of God, to share the gospel, the word of God to a lost world and a lost generation that other men and women and boys and girls, no matter what they're going through or what they're suffering from, may come to know Christ. Brother Larry told us his story this morning. He shared his experiences. But God had mercy. And he says, you know what? I'm not finished with you yet. I've got other things for you to do. Remember, Jeremiah was a little child. He said, I ain't got sister go in and come out of doors. 
And God, what? He still used him as a what? Major prophet to the nations. The Bible tells us and shares with us, what is it that we personally can learn from what Habakkuk went through? How does it affect our lives? And how do we apply these principles of the word of God when we see the devastation of God at work in our nation? How do we benefit and how do we know that we are going to be blessed? What do we learn as Habakkuk did being a prophet who normally runs to tell the story? But this time, the story was so obvious, he had to run to the God who created it all and ask him, Father, explain the story to me. Tell me what this prophecy is all about. Why is this going on? See, he didn't have to give a prophecy. All he had to do was find out why it had manifested. Here, God's ways are not our ways. That's one thing we can learn from this story. What we think should manifest and happen may not be what God intends. Proverbs tells us there in that third chapter, the fifth verse, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and what he will direct your path. Even when things seem chaotic or chaotic, God is still in control. No matter how bad it seems or what you may be experiencing, you have to remember that God is still in control. He's not going to let anybody harm or hurt you. Why? For you give him praise. You give him glory. You sing songs of Zion that bring his presence before you. God wants the best for us, even when it's hard. Even when it's difficult, when we're experiencing the worst of our situation, God still wants the very best. Paul tells us in Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them who are called according unto his purpose. Be it good, be it bad, whatever the experience is, it's all working for our good. Sometimes we go through hardships and things that seem like, Lord, is this going to get any better? But God says what? It's for your good. You may not see it, but it's for your good. You may not understand it, but it's for your good. He says, God says, it's for your good. It's working out for your good. Because guess what? If it hadn't happened, you wouldn't come running to God sometime. Sometimes things get so bad, we got to just go, I, I got to go to God. Leave me alone. I got to turn my attention to the most high. I don't have time for you this morning. I don't have time for your mess today. I got to what? Get to the place where I can realize and, and know that my heart is fixed in the right place. My mind stayed on the right person. And I'm focused on God and he will what? Deliver and give me the victory. No matter what I'm experiencing or going through. Then in whatever we're experiencing, he gives us peace and joy that does not come from our circumstances. It comes from him directly. The word says weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He wasn't just talking about death. He was talking about the experiences that we have in life that bring us falling and crying on our knees. We may have to go to a time of weeping and 
hollowing and, 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 and experiencing things that, and seeing and, and feeling things that we may not understand. But he said, the joy will be restored. Keep your faith and trust in me. You will laugh again. Don't worry about what it looks like. Speak life to your situation. You see something you don't like, it's doom and gloom. Speak life. What did the, the John said? The words I speak unto you, they are spirit. And when you speak them, you give them life. So you speak the word of God while he says, you have a choice. We talked about that this morning, me and Jeff. Death and life. Speak life. And enjoy the glories of God. He said, I or thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Isaiah 26 and 3. He says, I'm going to keep you in perfect peace. The world falling around, all, falling down all around me. When, it, when the storm was headed this direction. And I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to pray? And he said, pray that the lights stay on. <laughs> That's all I prayed. He said, just pray that the lights stay on. And everybody I talked to had lights. Everybody that I talked to had lights. I said, Lord, my prayer and my desire is that you keep our lights on. That's what the Holy Spirit told me to pray. And that's what I prayed. I said, Father, protect our people and keep their lights on and keep them in their homes warm. And I don't even think the lights at my house flickered, not one time. They didn't even flicker. But when you seek God and trust him, he will answer the desires of your heart. Our timing, we must remember, is just that. Not God's timing. Our timing. And our timing, because it's not God's timing, may not result or bring forth what we desire because it's not God's timing. You know, Brother McLeod read that. There's a time, there's a season for everything of God, everything that God is doing in our life. He gives us a time and a season, a place, an appointed time, an appointed place. Habakkuk didn't understand everything that God was revealing and manifesting unto him. Nevertheless, he had to trust God that God knew what he was doing. He had to realize there wasn't anything he can do, even though he was a prophet and prophets love to prophesy the future so they can tell you what's going to happen. But Habakkuk was in a position where he couldn't prophesy nothing. He had to listen to the Most High. Sometimes the prophet needs to listen to the giver of the prophecy. Sometimes the prophet needs to go talk to the giver of the prophecy and stop running around trying to tell everybody what they thought God said. God can say what he wants to say to you. He gave you the Bible. Read it. It'll manifest his word to your life. Most of the time, a prophecy should be a confirmation because he's already spoken directly into your heart anyway. And when somebody brings you a prophecy, it should just be the confirmation. See, those, those, those prophets that they have already knew they were in trouble with God because they put their faith and trust in Jezebel. They already knew it. When the prophet came, he just what? Confirmed what God said. He's going to kill all of you. That's what he told them. <laughs> they were afraid that woman Jezebel was going to take them all out. God sent his manservant. Y'all deserve it. You're not living according with the false prophets. You weren't doing what God said do anyway. 
Y'all deserve exactly what, what this Jezebel does to you. But God, when he speaks to his manservant and he gives us a word, we have to apply that to our lives. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. The word of God is true and real and it will manifest exactly what God says to each and every one of us. All we have to do is keep our faith and trust in God's word. Keep our faith in God. No matter what things are going on around you, no matter what's happening around you, no matter how bleak things look, keep your faith and trust in God. For you have to what? Stay focused on God. First, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by the things that the Holy Spirit put in our heart. We walk by our trust and assurance in God. We lean and depend upon him. So no matter what it looks like, no matter how bad things get, it's falling apart all around. Lord, when are you going to fix this problem? We still have to have our faith and trust in God. We can't just give over and say, some people say, I'll just give up and quit. No, don't do that. Don't quit. Keep your faith and trust in God. And realize that what you're experiencing, it only is there to make you stronger. It's only there to keep your focus and trust on God more. So the more the devil attacks, the more you give praise. The word says, as praises go up to heaven, blessings manifest and come down. The enemy fighting you on every side, but keep your faith and trust in God. People call me and say, Bishop, please pray for me. I'm falling apart. Honey, I'm falling apart today too. I need you to pray for me. <laughs> You need to go to God. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. You need to go to God because every, every time you call on the pastor doesn't necessarily mean he's in the position or in the place to stop. But I have to say, Lord, when somebody comes and sit in my office, I say, Lord, help me to minister to this person. That's the first thing I pray while they're sitting in front of me. I say, Father, help me to minister to this person. I don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit speaks through me what to say to you because he knows your individual case. I don't. And the word that he gave me is exactly what you need. Ain't that right, Sister Williams? Amen. See, she's a witness. And others that have been in my office, they're witnesses. God will tell me what you need while you're sitting there. I remember my sister-in-law told me one Sunday we were having service at the hotel. And she said, the message was so powerful and strong, I felt like you were looking in our window. <laughs> See, the Holy Spirit gives you what the people need. Just put your faith and trust in him. But he says we walk by faith, not by sight. No matter what you're experiencing or what you're going through, hold your head up high. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. In one of my favorite scriptures, which is on the back of this Bible, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Every time I get in that place, I can flip this Bible over and read that verse. It's a reminder. You don't have nothing to worry about. Just rejoice and say, Lord, it looks bleak, but I'm going to give you praise. Looks bad, but I'm going to thank you. 
I'm worried that I'm still going to lift my hands and say glory to God in the highest because I know that I will walk in victory. I know that the doom and gloom will be over after all. Every cloud has what? A silver line. Don't care how dark it looks in life, after the while the sun will shine. And you will walk in victory. You will have the glorious joys of the Lord to lift your spirit, encourage your heart, and remind you that yes, he's with you to lead you, to guide you, and to keep you. Keep your faith and trust in the Lord. No matter what you experience or what happens, remember God will never leave nor forsake you. May God bless you this morning. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Uplifted hands. Father, we come this morning to thank you for this message, for this word of life. We thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. We pray that this message will uplift, inspire, encourage the hearts and the minds of everyone listening. We pray that you just lift burdened spirits. We rebuke the devourer and all of the attacks of the enemy. We come against Satan's attack on the mind. We lose your glory and your power. For you said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Yeshua, our Savior. We decree and declare healing in the mind of your peoples. We break the strongholds of the enemy. We lose your glorious power, your anointing to touch in this place. Move Holy Spirit and minister right where we are. We thank you, our Father. We praise you. We bless and glorify you. We ask now that you would allow this message to accomplish the purpose which thou hast set it. Keep us all safe. We ask these blessings in Yeshua's mighty name. And let everybody say Amen. Amen. Our text, Isaiah 28, 9 to 11, from the theme, Bible Doctrine, the Word of God. Bible Doctrine, the Word of God. In the 20th chapter, we find these words beginning with verse number 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with foreign lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Isaiah talks in this particular chapter about understanding God's word, his doctrine. And the doctrine of God goes back into the apostolic teachings of the word of God. It is the teachings of the apostles that Christ first found and found and then began to teach and give instructions to them about the word and how the doctrine of God should be dispersed among all people around the world. What is doctrine? It is the bibliology or the doctrine of scriptures. It is the teaching of God's word. There are nine major doctrines that is recorded and that should be taught in the Bible. The doctrine of God, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of man, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of the angels, the doctrine of the church and the end times. 
And we can add to that understanding God's kingdom and the heavenly throne. God is one who exists simultaneously and eternally as the Father. He is the Son incarnated, invested with bodily and especially human nature and form. He is the substance or the Holy Spirit. His presence and his power is within each and every one of us. God is one individual. Many people teach there is a trinity or a triune, but God is one and he operates in this fashion, in this form through the Son, through the Holy Spirit and through the power that resides from the throne of God himself through each and every one of us as believers. Proverbs tells us in the fourth chapter in verse number two, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. This is done by the following of the commandments of the word of God. What is a precept? A precept is the commandment. It is a guiding principle or a rule used to control, to influence, or to regulate the behavior and the conduct of God's people. What is the line? He says precept upon precept and line upon line. The line is a cord as connecting especially for meaning and is allowing the word of God to be connected that it will manifest and work within our hearts, within our spirits, within our minds, and that we will apply these principles to our lives and live by them every single day. For the word of God does not have real power and does not manifest as it should in our lives until we apply the principles and the teaching of the word within our hearts and live by the word of God every single day. Isaiah said it this way in the 28th chapter in the 10th verse. He said, precept must be upon precept. And line must be upon pun line and here a little and there a little. This is done for us by the Holy Spirit that fills all believers. But when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, he gives us the ability and the power, first of all, to seek God as our eternal creator. To trust Christ as our savior and to reside upon the Holy Spirit who is the influence, the power and the presence of God within all of our lives. He allows his presence to come upon us so he can guide and lead us as we look into the word of God and follow the teachings of the principles of God's word in each and every one of our lives. Word of God tells us and shares with us. God does this himself. Matthew tells us in the 22nd chapter in the 33rd verse, and when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at the doctrines. They were talking about how Christ taught, how he ministered, how he laid hands on the sick and, and they recovered, how he raised dead and all the things that Christ did. When they heard the teachings of Christ, because that's what the doctrine is all about, how he taught the people. He spoke with them with an authority that no one, authority that no one had. John tells us in the 7th chapter, verses 16 and 17, Yeshua answered and said, my doctrine is not mine, but it is he that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So there are a lot of people out here teaching but, and preaching, but they're not teaching and preaching this book. They're not talking about the doctrines that Christ told the disciples to go forth and share with all nations. 
and continue to teach them after they are baptized. He says, teach my word. Share the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the heavenly kingdom of God that he gave to the son to share with the disciples. And the disciple says, go forth into all the world and teach all nations. Exalt them, uplift them, inspire them, and encourage them that the word will bring life into their souls. He tells us in the word, Christ said, my doctrine is not mine. But it is his who has sent me. See, Christ got his instructions from the Father. And he shared those instructions with the disciples. And then he equipped them and made them apostles. So when you hear about the apostolic doctrine, you are talking about the doctrine of the apostles, which is the scripture or the word of God. Where he says, all scripture is given for instruction, for reprove, to rebuke, to exalt, to encourage, to inspire, to uplift. The men and women who have put their faith and trust in God. See, the Bible is not for everybody. The Bible is for the body of Christ. The Bible and the word of God is for the church. It's for the believers. Because the world cannot comprehend, understand, or know the word of God. Because the world is not interested in the word of God. That's why when you talk the Bible, the Bible says it's foolishness unto the world. But unto the church and to the believers, it is life. It is the power of God manifesting in our heart. He goes on and he tells us these words in John chapter 18, verse 19. The high priest then answered Yeshua or Christ of his disciples and of his doctrine. They wanted to know, wait a minute. You're teaching and telling us things that we've never heard before. You're teaching and telling us things that we don't know. Where do you get this doctrine? And word, tell us about your disciples. Christ don't owe anybody any answers for who God called him to be. He is the Savior of the world. He looked at them, but he didn't owe them any answers for what he was doing because what? He was already orchestrated and all power and authority would be given unto him as the risen Lord the eternal savior of the world. Remember, God gave it all to him when he resurrected, just before he ascended into heaven. He says, Christ said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. So God transferred the power from himself to his son. The son transferred the power from himself to the Holy Spirit. He said, now go down there and teach them, guide them, show them the way unto salvation. See, that's why you cannot get to Christ without a minister, because God equips the minister with the power and the word and the knowledge and the wisdom to share it with the world that they may come to know Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. He reminds us in Acts 2.42 these words, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, apostolic. That's what he's talking about here. He said, and the fellowship and breaking of bread, which is our communion, and prayer. He said, come together, study the word of God, fellowship, break bread together, and continue to pray one for another. He said, this is the apostles' doctrine. This is the word that I gave unto them to tell the church, to tell the believers, keep your faith and trust in the living and true God and the Savior, the incarnated Christ, in the presence of the power and the Holy Spirit within you, that you may go forth in power. See, when you go forth, you want the presence and the power of God radiating and beaming from your life. 
so that whenever you simply touch somebody if they're sick, healing will manifest. Jeff was telling us this morning, he said that I, he had, his leg was bothering, his foot or something was bothering, and he said he went to the doctor and they couldn't tell him what was wrong with him. He came to church and he came up for prayer and I prayed and uh, anointed him to pray for it at his house or something he was telling me. And, and he said he went to the doctor and they told him what was wrong with it. And sometimes God has to do that. I remember my grandmother, she was diabetic and she had, her foot had swollen, her right foot had swollen up really bad. And uh, I said, Grandma, let me uh, pray over your foot. So I prayed for her foot and anointed it. And she went to the doctor and they put her in this whirlpool. And she said, Lord, trouble the waters. And as she was in the whirlpool and, you know, uh, relaxing that foot and, and, and working it in that water, there... The doctor was drying her foot, and when he was drying it, there was this piece of metal at the end of her toe, on the top toe, on the left. And when he pulled it out, it was a paperclip. Now, if God hadn't moved and ministered what was really going on in her physical body, she could have never received total healing. Because God gives doctors wisdom and knowledge, too. But he uses all of us. He uses the ministers. Remember, Luke was a medical doctor. And he went around healing people before he went into ministry. That's what his calling was. He was a medical, physical doctor. But the word of God tells us, go forth, pray, anoint them, and pray for them. And he said, the prayer of faith. Not the prayer of the person. He said, the prayer of faith would heal them. Sometimes you'd be feeling miserable. Yeah. And I, I, I told Thomas, I said, come in here, let me anoint you this morning. I anointed his chest and told him to anoint his nose and stuff. And you heard him saying, he could hardly talk when he came in here this morning. But the power and the presence of God is real. The healing of God is real. The deliverance of God is real. You have to keep your faith and trust in him. Luke tells us in Acts 13 and 12 these words. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed at the doctrine of the Lord. Yeah. See, when God manifests his power and his presence and his glory, you can't help but believe. Remember the man at Nan that he, his mother was crying her eyes out. They were taking his coffin out of the city. He was laying there deceased. And Christ came and touched the bearer of the coffin. And when he touched the bearer of the coffin, the word of God says that the child rose. Yeah, yeah. He was resurrected and came back to life. He was the only child of his mother. But God healed him, delivered him, and brought him back to life. Paul tells Timothy these words in 1 Timothy 4.13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. He says, teach the word, exalt the word, preach the word, share the story of the word of God, because that's all that we as ministers have is the word of God. What we tell you is what Christ told us. What we share with you is what Christ shared with us from the word. And that is going on from generation to generation to generation. God promised the blessings upon who? Our seed, our generation. And the word of God is for our seed and our generation. It is for now. It is for in time. There are words and there are doctrines in this book that talks about different things and events that's going to take place. Paul also told Timothy in the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrines. Continue in them for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. 
He said the word of God is for you. It will heal you. It will deliver you. It will save you. Sometimes people don't want to hear the word because it's not the most pleasant thing that somebody might be able to say. They don't want the word. They want somebody to hoop. They want somebody to yodel and holler and scream and make them feel good. But, the, but it takes the word of God to transform our mind, our heart, and to feed us. When the word feeds us, we are more restored. See, the word of God will do that for you. It will lift your spirit in a way that you can never get from hollering and yodeling. I can stand up here and holler. I can stand up here and yodel. But will it help you spiritually? Will it develop you spiritually? Will it help you to grow spiritually? Will you get to that place where you say, my faith and trust and assurance is in God and I will not waver. I will stand firm on what the word of God says. When I know what the word says, I don't have to worry. There might be a pain physically, but I can trust that the word of God says, speak life. The word of God says, Praise the word of healing over your own self. Sometimes you've got to pray and encourage yourself. Yes. Yes. See, we sometimes we depend on others, but we've got to do it for We've got to pick up that Bible and say, Lord, show me in this book what I need to read to inspire myself, to encourage myself. David said that sometimes you've got to encourage your own selves. You've got to inspire your own self. You've got to uh, be uplifted. God will uplift you as you read the word. It brings joy to your spirit and to your heart. John tells us in the second John tells us in the ninth um, verse and, the, and verses 10, whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ he hath both the Father and the Son. So it says you have to read the Word. Of, that's why I always say read the Word. What does the Word do? It feeds the Spirit. I got up this morning and I fed myself physically. And I was full and I was satisfied. But if I hadn't read the Word of God, my spirit is starving. There's a pastor, I don't know, but one or two verses. Read those one or two verses and think about them and meditate on them. Open the Bible and say, Lord, give me understanding. Lord, help me to understand what I'm reading. Help me to be able to apply the principles of the word of God to my life so that I will live an effective life. If the devil is attacking you, you need to go before God in prayer and say, Father, show me in the word how to deal with this. The enemy's job is to attack you. He don't want you. He want to stop the word of God in you from getting out. And if he can strike you with enough pain that you'll just mumble and yodel and cry and holler and scream and won't read the word of God or speak the word of God or speak healing over your life, guess what he does? He continues to impound upon you pain, sickness, sorrow, everything. I had a lady yesterday, I was on, on social media. And she said, I've lost a nephew. I've lost a niece. And just learned that I've lost another nephew. And I can't stop crying. And I responded, and I said, lady, I said, I have buried seven family members last year at the court. We funeralized four members of this church or members that are associated with this church of their family members. Last year, 10 funerals from January to the end of November. And that may not be the end of it. We pray that God will keep us all covered 
and bless us and protect us from COVID and other sicknesses and diseases that are circulating around our neighborhoods, our cities, our countries, and our communities. And that God will give us continuous life no matter what we face or we are focused with. Because just because you had a shot does not necessarily mean that it won't attack you. We've had members right in this church had all the shots and still got COVID. But your faith has to be stronger than in COVID. Your faith has to be in the God who has the power to heal you from COVID. In Christ, who was a healer walking to and fro on the earth, touching and everybody, he to touched the hem of his garment. Remember the lady, she had the issue of blood for 12 long years. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. That's all she said. She had faith enough to believe, if I can get to the borders, to just the frizzles on the bottom of his garment and just touch that, that's all I need. And she got there and she laid her hands on him. And he turned around and said, somebody touched me and looked at her. The disciple said, master, why in the world would you say somebody touched you when all of this stone, these people are thonging all up against you. He said, this was a different touch. I felt the virtue flow out of me. See, when the anointing flows out of you, you can feel the power and the presence of God when you lay hands on people. You'll feel the presence flow out and God will tell you exactly what's going on with them. So Christ says, I felt the virtue flow out of me. The woman said the blood stopped immediately. She was healed immediately. That's faith. Our faith has to the Lord, help my faith to be that strong that I can just pray and feel the glory and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through me and healing me from the sickness in my spirit. See, we have to walk in health and healing. The devil's going to attack us. we we'll say, I'm going to stand strong to the day that I don't get up anymore. I'm going to praise God whether I'm sick or not. I'm going to exalt him and uplift him regardless of what I'm going through for he is the one that gives me liberty, gives me victory, and helps me to move on. He says, Christ came to teach the doctrine of the kingdom of God so that the lost would find liberty and victory from whatever they experience. Many people will say, or they will adhere to sets of codes and rules and regulations of legislature, and they will say, that's good. But Christ came to do better. He came to give us more. Proverbs tells us in the first chapter, these, these words in chapter one, the first few verses, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the word of understanding, to receive instructions of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge, discretion, and to a wise man he will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. He's simply saying, teach the word. Share the word of God with his people. Inspire and encourage them to stay with the word. To trust God's word. Live by the word. No matter what you're going through in life, read, meditate upon, contemplate upon, let it illuminate your mind. When the word of God fills your mind, guess what it does? It brings you to that place of liberty. It brings you to that place of victory. 
It increased your faith. You want your faith increased? Read the word of God. Pray the scripture. You want to see your faith increase? Continue to trust God. Continue to rely upon him. I read the word every single day. Most of the time I try to do it before, before 5 o'clock. Because at 5 o'clock I'm posting the morning prayer. But I get up and spend time in fellowship and read the word. When you read the word, it empowers you. gives you more and more power. The more you read the word in fellowship and pray and worship and praise God, the stronger you become and the stronger the power of God becomes on your life. You don't have to be the most anointed person. You don't have to even tell nobody you're anointed. They'll know it when they see you. They can see the presence on your life. I was singing that song, Hallelujah, at church one Sunday. And this lady came to me after church and she said, Bishop, I looked up there on that organ and all I could see was angels all around you. The power and the presence of God will manifest when you give him glory and praise. Don't take the glory. Give it to him. Give him the power. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Exalt and uplift him and he will continue to bless you and exalt you and lift you up. He tells us in our text. Whom shall he teach? Whom shall he teach? And make to know and understand doctrine. Those that are weaned from milk. You have people in church that's been on milk all their lives. They're in their 80s and 90s. And some of them are even 100 and older. But they have never had real doctrine. They've had the preaching. The Lord told me to tell you. It's going to be all right. The Lord told me. You're going to make it after a while. The Lord told me, just hold on. There is no word in that. There is no scripture in that. It just makes you feel good. Makes you want to get up and run around the church. Makes you want to holler and scream and yodel and yell. But there's no word in that. The word, if I want to put the word in that, I can put the word in that and do the same thing. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand the doctrine? Now the word is in that. Them that are weaned from milk. Those that are no longer on the little things. They've advanced and grown to the spiritual things. To the high things. To the glorious things. To the powerful things. To the knowledge and the doctrine of the word of God. Those are the ones that God is saying. I want you to know the word. I want you to know my will. I want you to apply these principles. What are the blessings, the benefits for you and I that receive the knowledge and the word of God? He tells us in Proverbs chapter 1, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, verse 7. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, the, uh, the the word of God is foolishness to those that are not holy or that are not saved, that are in the world. The word of God doesn't make any sense. That's why the world runs rampant. That's why they run wickedly. That's why they can get along with all of these rap singers and all of these people that's doing all of this ungodly stuff. And it feels good. Because when they come to church, they can't identify with that because they haven't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And when they do, their eyes become open. He opened their eyes and their understanding and they see clearly why the church walked out and left the world and received the Savior. Because they know there is power in that relationship. Let's wrap this up. What are the benefits? 
Psalms tells us in the 19th chapter these words. He writes these words, the psalmist does, in the 19th chapter, in the Psalms. The heavens enumerate the glory of God. And the expansion shows his handiwork. Day unto day he utters the speech. And night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Look at verse number seven. He gets into what the benefits are. The word of God is perfect. It restores the soul. That's a blessing and a benefit of reading the word and applying it to you. Whenever you're down and out and whatever you're going through, the word, what? It restores your soul. Then he says, it makes wise those who are not wise. Yes. Verse number three, it said, he sends help from the sanctuary and strengthens you out of Zion. Remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices. Salah, I'm sorry. Look, let's look at verse number nine. The fear of the Lord is clean. During forever, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteousness is altogether a part of what he says to the body of Christ and to the church. He says it is the word that restores. It is the word that gives life. It is the word that brings liberty. It is the word that gives you freedom. It is the word that breaks the yoke of the devil that's attacking your life. When the enemy has you down to the point to where you're ready to give up, read the word of God. When a loved one is attacking and coming up against you, and the more you pray, the worse it gets. Keep reading and keep praying and keep trusting until your victory comes. See, the disciples were warned. They will revile you. They will persecute you. They will say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. That's what Christ told the disciples. But he said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward because of the things that you go through. You have the victory. When you're going through, when the enemy is attacking you, just say, oh, I'm going to hold on to God. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to wait on him because I know I already have the victory. When I study the doctrine of the word of God and apply the principles of the scripture to my life, I am going to walk in victory because God gives us the victory no matter what we go through. No matter what our experiences are, we come out with pure victory. The enemy may try to attack your life. They may come in with some craziness. But God says, I have your back. I don't know how many times I've said that from this pulpit. I've got your back. What are you worried about? What are you crying about? I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, a sound mind to go forth in the things of God and to keep your faith and trust in him and to say, in God, I have liberty. In God, I have victory. In God, I am more than a conqueror. In God, I am somebody. I am a child of the most high. I am a son of, son of the eternal savior. I have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. The doctrine of Christ is alive and well in my life. It is the eternal presence and the power that keeps me going morning, noon, and night. I can trust and rely upon him, knowing that no matter what I go through, no matter what I experience, he will deliver me. He will set me free. 
He will guide you. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is. It is to keep you into all truth. Show you all ways of righteousness. That's what the word does. It liberates you and makes you want to stand up when the enemy tries to attack. When you want to use the word of God and say, look at here, devil. I rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. See? And when you say that, he got to go. He can't hang around. He said what? Resist the devil and he will what? Flee. He ain't going to stop attacking. But you got to resist. You say, Satan, I know this is you. I resist you and command you to go. When that sickness come upon your body, you say, you sickness, you have no place in my body. For with the stripes of Christ, I'm healed. Get out. And just keep giving praise and thanksgiving and keep praying. And after a while, you will begin to feel better. A couple days later, he may try to attack you again. You thought it was gone, but it's still here. No, you keep giving praise and keep giving thanks and trusting him that I am delivered for the word saying. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Shall be delivered, shall be exalted, shall be uplifted. Remember, the doctrine of God's word, understanding his doctrine, applying the principles and the, the, the commandments and the law of God to our lives each and every day will lead us to that place of victory and liberty no matter what we experience. Knowing that in the end, we have an eternal promise of life everlasting with Christ our Lord and our eternal Father in the heavens. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Our Father, we come this morning to thank you for this word, the doctrine of Christ and understanding the apostolic approach to teaching the word of God that you instilled in the disciples and told them to go forth, change their names to apostles and told them to share this message with the word that they may come to Christ as Lord and Savior. We thank you, our Yeshua, for dying on the cross, giving your life for our sins, that we can come and ask for forgiveness and receive you and ask you to be Lord of our lives. And you come into our hearts and lead and guide us. We bless you for this message this morning. Now, let it go forth and do that which thou hast sent. You said it will accomplish the purpose of which you have sent it into the hearts of man everywhere. We thank you this morning. We praise you for this assembly of your people. We thank you for this morning, this hour, and this message. We give you all glory and praise, and we bless your holy and righteous name. These blessings we ask in Yeshua's mighty name, that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Our text, Isaiah 28, 9 to 11, from the theme, Bible Doctrine, the Word of God. Bible Doctrine. The word of God. In the 28th chapter, we find these words beginning with verse number 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there little. For with foreign lips and another tongue 
will he speak to his people. Isaiah talks in this particular chapter about understanding God's word, his doctrine. And the doctrine of God goes back into the apostolic teachings of the word of God. It is the teachings of the apostles that Christ first found and found and then began to teach and give instructions to them about the word and how the doctrine of God should be dispersed among all people around the world. What is doctrine? It is the bibliology or the doctrine of scriptures. It is the teaching of God's word. There are nine major doctrines that is recorded and that should be taught in the Bible. The doctrine of God, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of man, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of the angels, the doctrine of the church and the end times. And we can add to that understanding God's kingdom and the heavenly throne. God is one who exists simultaneously and eternally as the Father. He is the Son incarnated, invested with bodily and especially human nature and form. He is the substance or the Holy Spirit. His presence and his power is within each and every one of us. God is one individual. Many people teach there is a trinity or a triune. But God is one and he operates in this fashion in this form through the Son, through the Holy Spirit, and through the power that resides from the throne of God himself through each and every one of us as believers. Proverbs tells us in the fourth chapter in verse number two, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. This is done by the following of the commandments of the word of God. What is a precept? A precept is the commandment. It is a guiding principle or a rule used to control, to influence, or to regulate the behavior and the conduct of God's people. What is the line? He says precept upon precept and line upon line. The line is a cord as connecting especially for meaning and is allowing the word of God to be connected that it will manifest and work within our hearts, within our spirits, within our minds, and that we will apply these principles to our lives and live by them every single day. For the word of God does not have real power and does not manifest as it should in our lives until we apply the principles and the teaching of the word within our hearts and live by the word of God every single day. Isaiah said it this way in the 28th chapter in the 10th verse. He said, precept must be upon precept. And line must be upon, upon line and here a little and there a little. This is done for us by the Holy Spirit that fills all believers. But when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, he gives us the ability and the power, first of all, to seek God as our eternal creator. To trust Christ as our savior. And to reside upon the Holy Spirit who is the influence, the power, and the presence of God within all of our lives. He allows his presence to come upon us 
so he can guide and lead us as we look into the word of God and follow the teachings of the principles of God's word in each and every one of our lives. Word of God tells us and shares with us. God does this himself. Matthew tells us in the 22nd chapter in the 33rd verse, and when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at the doctrines. They were talking about how Christ taught, how he ministered, how he laid hands on the sick and, and they recovered, how he raised dead and all the things that Christ did. When they heard the teachings of Christ, because that's what the doctrine is all about, how he taught the people. He spoke with them with an authority that no one, authority that no one had. John tells us in the seventh chapter, verses 16 and 17, Yeshua answered and said, My doctrine is not mine, but it is he that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So there are a lot of people out here teaching but, and preaching, but they're not teaching and preaching this book. They're not talking about the doctrines that Christ told the disciples to go forth and share with all nations and continue to teach them after they are baptized. He says, teach my word. Share the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the heavenly kingdom of God that he gave to the son to share with the disciples. And the disciple says, go forth into all the world and teach all nations, exalt them, uplift them, inspire them, and encourage them that the word will bring life into their souls. He tells us in the word, Christ said, my doctrine is not mine, but it is his who has sent me. See, Christ got his instructions from the Father, and he shared those instructions with the disciples, and then he equipped them and made them apostles. So when you hear about the apostolic doctrine, you are talking about the doctrine of the apostles, which is the scripture or the word of God. Where he says, all scripture is given for instruction, for reproof, to rebuke, to exalt, to encourage, to inspire, to uplift the men and women who have put their faith and trust in God. See, the Bible is not for everybody. The Bible is for the body of Christ. The Bible and the word of God is for the church, it's for the believers. Because the world cannot comprehend, understand, or know the word of God. Because the world is not interested in the word of God. That's why when you talk the Bible, the Bible says it's foolishness unto the world. But unto the church and to the believers, it is life. It is the power of God manifesting in our hearts. He goes on and he tells us these words in John chapter 18 verse 19. The high priest then answered Yeshua or Christ of his disciples and of his doctrine. They wanted to know, wait a minute, you're teaching and telling us things that we've never heard before. You're teaching and telling us things that we don't know. Where do you get this doctrine and word? Tell us about your disciples. Christ don't owe anybody any answers for who God called him to be. He is the savior of the world. He looked at them, but he didn't owe them any answers for what he was doing because what? He was already orchestrated now all power and authority would be given unto him as the risen Lord, the eternal savior of the world. Remember, God gave it all to him when he resurrected just before he ascended into heaven. He said, Christ said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. So God transferred the power from himself to his son 
The son transferred the power from himself to the Holy Spirit. He said, now go down there and teach them, guide them, show them the way unto salvation. See, that's why you cannot get to Christ without a minister, because God equips the minister with the power and the word and the knowledge and the wisdom to share it with the world that they may come to know Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. He reminds us in Acts 2.42 these words. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Apostolic. That's what he's talking about here. He said, and the fellowship and breaking of bread, which is our communion, and prayer. He said, come together, study the word of God, fellowship, break bread together, and continue to pray one for another. He said, this is the apostles' doctrine. This is the word that I gave unto them to tell the church, to tell the believers, keep your faith and trust in the living and true God and the Savior, the incarnated Christ, in the presence of the power and the Holy Spirit within you that you may go forth in power. See, when you go forth, you want the presence and the power of God radiating and beaming from your life. So that whenever you simply touch somebody if they're sick, healing will manifest. Jeff was telling us this morning, he said that I, he had his leg was bothering his foot or something was bothering him. And he said he went to the doctor and they couldn't tell him what was wrong with him. He came to church and he came up for prayer and I prayed and uh, anointed him to pray for it at his house or something he was telling me. And, and he said he went to the doctor and they told him what was wrong with it. And sometimes God has to do that. I remember my grandmother, she was diabetic and she had... Her foot had swollen, her right foot had swollen up really bad. And uh, I said, Grandma, let me uh, pray over your foot. So I prayed for her foot and anointed it. And she went to the doctor and they put her in this whirlpool. And she said, Lord, trouble the waters. And as she was in the whirlpool and, you know, uh, relaxing that foot and, and, and working it in that water, there the doctor was drying her foot. And when he was drying it, there was this piece of metal at the end of her toe on the top toe on the left and when he pulled it out it was a paper clip now if God hadn't moved and ministered what was really going on in her physical body she could have never received total healing because God gives doctors wisdom and knowledge too but he uses all of us he uses the ministers remember Luke was a medical doctor and he went around healing people before he went into ministry that's what his calling was he was a medical physical doctor but the word of God tells us, go forth, pray, anoint them, and pray for them. And he said, the prayer of faith, not the prayer of the person. He said, the prayer of faith would heal them. Sometimes you'd be feeling miserable. Yeah. And I, I, as I told Thomas, I said, come in here, let me anoint you this morning. I anointed his chest and told him to anoint his nose and stuff. And you heard him saying, he could hardly talk when he came in here this morning. But the power and the presence of God is real. The healing of God is real. The deliverance of God is real. You have to keep your faith and trust in him. Luke tells us in Acts 13 and 12 these words. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed at the doctrine of the Lord. See, when God manifests his power and his presence and his glory, you can't help but believe. Remember the man at Nan that he, his mother was crying her eyes out and they were taking his coffin out of the city he was laying there deceased and christ came and touched the bearer of the coffin 
And when he touched the bearer of the coffin, the word of God says that the child rose. He was resurrected and came back to life. He was the only child of his mother. But God healed him, delivered him, and brought him back to life. Paul tells Timothy these words in 1 Timothy 4.13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. He says, teach the word. Exalt the word. Preach the word. Share the story of the word of God. Because that's all that we as ministers have is the word of God. What we tell you is what Christ told us. What we share with you is what Christ shared with us. From the word. And that is going on from generation to generation to generation. God promised the blessings upon who? Our seed, our generation. And the word of God is for our seed and our generation. It is for now. It is for end time. There are words and there are doctrines in this book that talks about different things and events that's going to take place. Paul also told Timothy in the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrines. Continue in them for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He said the word of God is for you. It will heal you. It will deliver you. It will save you. Sometimes people don't want to hear the word because it's not the most pleasant thing that somebody might be able to say. They don't want the word. They want somebody to hoop. They want somebody to yodel and holler and scream and make them feel good. But, the, but it takes the word of God to transform our mind, our heart, and to feed us. When the word feeds us, we are more restored. See, the word of God will do that for you. It will lift your spirit in a way that you can never get from hollering and yodeling. I can stand up here and holler. I can stand up here and yodel. But will it help you spiritually? Will it develop you spiritually? Will it help you to grow spiritually? Will you get to that place where you say, my faith and trust and assurance is in God and I will not waver. I will stand firm on what the word of God says. When I know what the word says, I don't have to worry. There might be a pain physically, but I can trust that the word of God says, speak life. The word of God says, praise the word of healing over your own self. Sometimes you've got to pray and encourage yourself. So we sometimes we depend on others, but we've got to do it. Probably we've got to pick up that Bible and say, Lord, show me in this book what I need to read to inspire myself, to encourage myself. David said it. Sometimes you've got to encourage your own selves. You've got to inspire your own self. You've got to uh, be uplifted. God will uplift you as you read the word. It brings joy to your spirit and to your heart. John tells us in the second John tells us in the ninth um, verse and, the, and verses 10. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. Hath not God, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. So it says you have to read the word. That's why I always say read the word. What does the word do? It feeds the spirit. I got up this morning and I fed myself physically. And I was full and I was satisfied. But if I hadn't read the word of God, my spirit is starving. There's a pastor, I don't know, but one or two verses. Read those one or two verses and think about them and meditate on them. 
Open the Bible and say, Lord, give me understanding. Lord, help me to understand what I'm reading. Help me to be able to apply the principles of the word of God to my life. So that I will live an effective life. If the devil is attacking you, you need to go before God in prayer and say, Father, show me in the word how to deal with this. The enemy's job is to attack you. He don't want you. He want to stop the word of God in you from getting out. And if he can strike you with enough pain that you'll just mumble and yodel and cry and holler and scream and won't read the word of God or speak the word of God or speak healing over your life, guess what he does? He continues to impound upon you pain, sickness, sorrow, everything. I had a lady yesterday I was on, on social media. And she said, I've lost a nephew. I've lost a niece and just learned that I've lost another nephew and I can't stop crying. And I responded and I said, lady, I said, I have buried seven family members last year at the court. We funeralized four members of this church or members that are associated with this church of their family members. Last year, 10 funerals from January to the end of November. And that may not be the end of it. We pray that God will keep us all covered and bless us and protect us from COVID and other sicknesses and diseases that are circulating around our neighborhoods, our cities, our countries, and our communities. And that God will give us continuous life no matter what we face or we are focused with. Because just because you had a shot does not necessarily mean that it won't attack you. We've had members right in this church had all the shots and still got COVID. But your faith has to be stronger than in COVID. Your faith has to be in the God who has the power to heal you from COVID. In Christ, who was a healer walking to and fro on the earth, touching and everybody, he touched the hem of his garment. Remember the lady, she had the issue of blood for 12 long years. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. That's all she said. She had faith enough to believe if I can get to the borders, to just the frizzles on the bottom of his garment and just touch that, that's all I need. And she got there and she laid her hands on it. And he turned around and said, somebody touched me and looked at her. The disciple said, master, why in the world would you say somebody touched you when all of this stone, these people are thumbing all up against you. He said, this was a different touch. I felt the virtue flow out of me. See, when the anointing flows out of you, you can feel the power and the presence of God when you lay hands on people. You'll feel the presence flow out and God will tell you exactly what's going on with them. So Christ says, I felt the virtue flow out of me. The woman said the blood stopped immediately. She was healed immediately. That's faith. Our faith has to say, Lord, help my faith to be that strong. That I can just pray and feel the glory and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through me and healing me from the sickness in my spirit. See, we have to walk in health and healing. The devil going to attack us. we we'll say, I'm going to stand strong to the day that I don't get up anymore. I'm going to praise God whether I'm sick or not. I'm going to exalt him and uplift him regardless of what I'm going through for he is the one that gives me liberty, gives me victory, and help me to move on. He says, Christ came to teach the doctrine of the kingdom of God. 
so that the lost would find liberty and victory from whatever they experience. Many people will say, or they will adhere to sets of codes and rules and regulations of legislature, and they will say, that's good. But Christ came to do better. He came to give us more. Proverbs tells us in the first chapter, these, these words in chapter one, the first few verses, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the word of understanding, to receive instructions of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge, discretion, and to a wise man he will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. He's simply saying, teach the word. Share the word of God with his people. Inspire and encourage them to stay with the word. To trust God's word. Live by the word. No matter what you're going through in life, read, meditate upon, contemplate upon, let it illuminate your mind. When the word of God fills your mind, guess what it does? It brings you to that place of liberty. It brings you to that place of victory. It increases your faith. You want your faith increased? Read the word of God. Pray the scripture. You want to see your faith increase? Continue to trust God. Continue to rely upon him. I read the word every single day. Most of the time I try to do it before before 5 o'clock. Because at 5 o'clock I'm posting the morning prayer. But I get up and spend time in fellowship and read the word. When you read the word, it empowers you, gives you more and more power. The more you read the word in fellowship and pray and worship and praise God, the stronger you become and the stronger the power of God becomes on your life. You don't have to be the most anointed person. You don't have to even tell nobody you're anointed. They'll know it when they see you. They can see the presence on your life. I was singing that song, Hallelujah, at church one Sunday. And this lady came to me after church and she said, Bishop, I looked up there on that organ and all I could see was angels all around you. The power and the presence of God will manifest when you give him glory and praise. Don't take the glory. Give it to him. Give him the power. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Exalt and uplift him and he will continue to bless you and exalt you and lift you up. He tells us in our text, whom shall he teach? Whom shall he teach and make to know and understand doctrine? Those that are weaned from milk. You have people in church that's been on milk all their lives. They're in their 80s and 90s and some of them are even 100 and older. But they have never had real doctrine. They've had the preaching, the Lord told me to tell you it's going to be all right. The Lord told me you're going to make it after all. The Lord told me, just hold on. There is no word in that. There is no scripture in that. It just makes you feel good. Makes you want to get up and run around the church. Makes you want to holler and scream and yodel and yell. But there is no word in that. The word, if I want to put the word in that, I can put the word in that and do the same thing. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand the doctrine? Now the word is in that. Them that are weaned from milk. Those that are no longer on the little things. They've advanced and grown to the spiritual things. 
to the high things, to the glorious things, to the powerful things, to the knowledge and the doctrine of the word of God. Those are the ones that God is saying, I want you to know the word. I want you to know my will. I want you to apply these principles. What are the blessings, the benefits for you and I that receive the knowledge and the word of God? He tells us in Proverbs chapter 1, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, verse 7. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, the, uh, the, fool, see, the word of God is foolishness to those that are not holy or that are not saved, that are in the world. The word of God doesn't make any sense. That's why the world runs rampant. That's why they run wickedly. That's why they can get along with all of these rap singers and all of these people that's doing all of this ungodly stuff. And it feels good. Because when they come to church, they can't identify with that because they haven't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And when they do, their eyes become open. He opened their eyes and their understanding and they see clearly why the church walked out and left the world and received the Savior. Because they know there is power in that relationship. Let's wrap this up. What are the benefits? Psalm tells us in the 19th chapter these words. He writes these words, the psalmist does, in the 19th chapter, in the Psalms. The heavens enumerate the glory of God. And the expansion shows his handiwork. Day unto day he utters the speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Look at verse number seven. He gets into what the benefits are. The word of God is perfect. It restores the soul. That's a blessing and a benefit of it. Reading the word and applying it to you. Whenever you're down and out and whatever you're going through, the word, what? It restores your soul. Then he says, it makes wise those who are not wise. Yes. Verse number three. It said, he sends help from the sanctuary and strengthens you out of Zion. Remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices. Salah, I'm sorry. Look, let's look at verse number nine. The fear of the Lord is clean doing forever the judgments of the Lord are true and righteousness is altogether a part of what he says to the body of Christ and to the church he says it is the word that restores it is the word that gives life it is the word that brings liberty it is the word that gives you freedom it is the word that breaks the yoke of the devil that's attacking your life when the enemy has you down to the point to where you're ready to give up, read the word of God. When a loved one is attacking and coming up against you, and the more you pray, the worse it gets. Keep reading and keep praying and keep trusting until your victory comes. See, the disciples were warned. They will revile you. They will persecute you. They will say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. That's what Christ told the disciples. But he said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward because of the things that you go through. So you have the victory. 
when you're going through, when the enemy is attacking you, just say, oh, I'm going to hold on to God. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to wait on him because I know I already have the victory. When I study the doctrine of the word of God and apply the principles of the scripture to my life, I am going to walk in victory because God gives us the victory no matter what we go through. No matter what our experiences are, we come out with pure victory. The enemy may try to attack your life. They may come in with some craziness. But God says, I have your back. I don't know how many times I've said that from this pulpit. I've got your back. What are you worried about? What are you crying about? I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, a sound mind to go forth in the things of God and to keep your faith and trust in him and to say, in God, I have liberty. In God, I have victory. In God, I am more than a conqueror. In God, I am somebody. I am a child of the most high. I am a son of the eternal savior. I have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. The doctrine of Christ is alive and well in my life. It is the eternal presence and the power that keeps me going morning, noon, and night. I can trust and rely upon him, knowing that no matter what I go through, no matter what I experience, he will deliver me. He will set me free. He will guide me. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is. It is to keep you into all truth. Show you all ways of righteousness. That's what the word does. It liberates you and makes you want to stand up when the enemy tries to attack. When you want to use the word of God and say, look here, devil. I rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. See? And when you say that, he got to go. He can't hang around. He said what? Resist the devil and he will what? Flee. He ain't going to stop attacking. But you got to resist. You say, Satan, I know this is you. I resist you and command you to go. When that sickness come upon your body, you say, you sickness, you have no place in my body. For with the stripes of Christ, I'm healed. Get out. And just keep giving praise and thanksgiving and keep praying. And after a while, you will begin to feel better. A couple days later, he may try to attack you again. You thought it was gone, but it's still here. No, you keep giving praise and keep giving thanks and trusting him that I am delivered for the word's sake. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Shall be delivered, shall be exalted, shall be uplifted. Remember, the doctrine of God's word, understanding his doctrine, Applying the principles and the, the, the commandments and the law of God to our lives each and every day will lead us to that place of victory and liberty no matter what we experience. Knowing that in the end, we have an eternal promise of life everlasting with Christ our Lord and our eternal Father in the heavens. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Our Father, we come this morning to thank you for this word, the doctrine of Christ and understanding the apostolic approach to teaching the word of God that you instilled in the disciples and told them to go forth, change their names to apostles and told them to share this message with the word that they may come to Christ as Lord and Savior. We thank you, our Yeshua, for dying on the cross, giving your life for our sins that we can come and ask for forgiveness 
and receive you and ask you to be Lord of our lives. And you come into our hearts and lead and guide us. We bless you for this message this morning. Now, let it go forth and do that which thou hast sent. You said it will accomplish the purpose of which you have sent it into the hearts of man everywhere. We thank you this morning. We praise you for this assembly of your people. We thank you for this morning, this hour, and this message. We give you all glory and praise, and we bless your holy and righteous name. These blessings we ask in Yeshua's mighty name. All of God's people say, Amen. 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 God bless you this morning.